from the Hallmark Hall of Fame collection. I have a very demanding schedule. If you can't come and help her make this transition, I'm not sure she'll be able to take care of herself. The only way she could be understood... Beth has been deserted by everyone. ...was to be accepted. It's just one thing after another with her. You can't give up. I want to be better sister. Rosie O'Donnell, Andy McDowell. I love you, Rachel. I love you, too. Riding the bus with my sister on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Movie Umbers. My name is Bob Sham. I'm Angela. The sounds you hear may be dogs, and it is comfort food all month long this November. Leading into my favorite holiday of Thanksgiving, that's not a joke. It is my favorite mm-hmm. holiday. I'll get more into it the week of. We got some Thanksgiving special drops that, yeah, we are going to drop something on Thanksgiving, and you won't watch it because it'll be on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but maybe you'll watch it the next day. Yeah, we'll... We will be hitting up the Eli Roth slasher that's coming out this month. Uh, I haven't seen an Eli Roth movie in a long time. No, me and, neither. And also, the day before, we're going to hit up uh, what few Thanksgiving movie classics there are. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. John Hughes, our second John Hughes movie. So, yeah, expect that Wednesday and Thursday. Um, but around all that, we're discussing... Comfort food, which is on Mondays, we talk about movies from our past that left an impression on us or that meant a lot to us when we were younger. And also movies that are inspirational and heartfelt mm-hmm. and so fucking saccharine. More, more, more sugar than, uh, that grocery store deli pumpkin pie that your aunt cheated and just brought to Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're talking about movies in which actors play people with intellectual disabilities. Yes. Not intellectually disabled actors themselves and not autism. Though we seem to flirt around what appears to be autism, similar to this movie, but that's not what we're talking about. Regular actors, regular, quote unquote, playing people with intellectual disabilities. Yeah. And it's Sisters Week. Last Wednesday, the other day, we talked about the other sister. Yeah. Today, we're riding the bus with my sister. <laughs> From 2005, directed by Angelica Houston, based on the book by Rachel Simon, starring Rosie O'Donnell and Andy McDowell. Though I prefer the porn parody version, sucking off everybody on the bus with my sister, which is really good and plays up more of the <laughs> civil rights aspect. That it left behind from the book. Apparently the book lends it to more of, I think, I, I haven't read the book. Okay. I feel very judgmental of Rachel Simon. Yeah, and may, I do too. And honestly, maybe I should read the book first. But it just comes off like some shitty, good housekeeping, shitty ass articles. I think that's how it started, was an article in a magazine. Yeah. Like, this is, uh, admittedly, this isn't something that's inherently for me. But right. But I can imagine that if it's for you, I don't know, maybe expand It's just into art a little more. <laughs> it's another one of those stories where the privileged white person. Yeah, Jewish white people in this one. Has their own issues. Yeah. In this case, she's just a terrible person. 
And a career oriented person. Career oriented person. In the movie, as played by Andy McDowell, Rachel Simon is a fashion photographer. Apparently, that's not what she did. I guess she's a writer. She credits herself as a motivational speaker as well. I think probably now she goes around and talks about this. So people, after they, I feel like a lot of people, if they do anything that is like a feel-good situation or they think that they can teach people something, then it becomes that. When They'll people, pay her to talk about this at schools probably. When people describe themselves as a motivational speaker, when people say they do consulting but they don't specify specifically. Mm, life coach. Life coaches, shit like that. Uh, Immediately... You're not invited to the party. And I'm not invited yeah. to yours, but that's okay. I don't want to eat your little crappy Spanakopitas at your party. Totally. Uh, but this one is, you know, told through the lens of Rachel Simon because the book is written by Rachel Simon. But it's very much a, oh, look at how good I became yeah, through yeah. the course of dealing with my difficult sister. Ra- Rachel Simon has a sister, Beth Simon. Uh, this is, this all takes place in the Eastern Pennsylvania area, probably around, you know, North Delaware, South Jersey, that whole mm-hmm. zone, mm-hmm. right? And I think, uh, this story is supposed to be in Re- Re- Reading, Pennsylvania, and, uh, or Reading, however they pronounce it there. And Beth has, she's intellectually disabled and she rides the buses. That's what she likes to do. She doesn't want to, she doesn't try to get a job. She doesn't want to. She she has had jobs, but she gets fired because she I'm, hates authority. Look, I'm my politics tend to skew pretty left here. If you're intellectually disabled, let's just help you. Uh, no, I agree. 100%. You shouldn't have to go to the fucking Walmart and waste your life. I agree. Like everyone else. Yeah, she doesn't want to get a job, but she's capable of having a job. It's like I get it. No one else wants to go to work either. But if. But this person is always at, already at a deficit with intellectual disability, yes. and they're going to have to go fucking, no. just No, I get it. Yeah, take, I agree. Take but... my tax money. Just get her an apartment. The problem <laughs> is it's not enough money. Yeah, that's true. That's never the problem. Is, is it? It's not enough money. So she's been getting help from her dad. Although they do... They do mention that it's kind of a throwaway line, but Andy McDowell, Rachel, at some point says, I send you checks and you don't cash them. And she goes, well, I get government money. So why should I, why should I use your money? But she was getting help from her dad. So I don't. Yeah. Beth, not so smart. No. Obviously. This is a story in which the very busy workaholic Rachel Simon, we don't know what triggers. I assume that the reason she decided to go ride the bus routes with her sister was because she decided to write a book about it. Oh, in real life. Right. Because they because the reason in the movie is that their father dies. But that doesn't actually this, happen. This is the flaw with think piece writers and art like people who do this kind of shit. Yeah. And I definitely especially in the political realm, the editorializing when people do this, is that when you're paid to have to come up with things to write about then you're going to be forcing so much bullshit and everything is going to be forced. And it just makes me mad, especially on a political level, when people will read this shit that people were right, where they have to force some bullshit out to formulate some opinion or something that might be mildly controversial in order to get people to read the article. And people will take that shit seriously when really it's nothing but a fucking joke and at worst just completely boring yeah 
Yeah. And at best, completely laughable. I mean, this isn't in the political realm, but this is something that is trying to force inspiration. And yeah, it seems like we didn't read the book. We don't know why. In the movie, it posits that their father died. Mm-hmm. And that's why they had to go and do this. Yeah. But the father did not die. No, the father... Was not dead when they started making this movie. No, yeah, the father did not die. And in the movie, it's sort of... It's very heavy-handed that Rachel has always been expected to take care of her sister. And so now she must once again take care of her sister. And she's been very put upon, which is not... She she was expected when she was eight years old. Watch out for your little sister. There's literally been a lifetime of her not helping her sister. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, you send her a check, but you don't even have enough time for your family to like answer the phone before your dad dies. They set her up as a terrible person. But, yes... The, they, the dad dies, she goes home, no one else will help her sister, so she's, like, forced to help her sister. And through that, finds herself, and then, and then, and then completely naturally and unplanned at the end of the movie has an art exhibit with photos of her sister. Yeah, why, why, why not bring your sister there? That's what I said. I was, the, you know, Maybe the sister goes, doesn't want to go, so, I don't know. Who is she? And Andy's, Andy McDowell says, she's my sister, Beth. And it's like, where is she? Why didn't you invite her to come to the opening? You're using her. Rachel Simon, just <laughs> admit that this wasn't an organic thing. You were like, I'm going to ride the bus with my sister. To write an article, hopefully a book. With the preconceived notion of writing about it. That will one day set me up to be a motivational speaker. And, and, get, and guess what? <laughs> it's inspiring. And I somehow find myself, oh my God, bus drivers are people too. They're not just babbling morons with their fingers up their asses. They're wise because they sit down all day and they listen to people. And people who don't have a whole lot of money can still be people. That's, can you imagine that? You know, it's I mean, like, she's not going to date them. No. No, 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 no. No, But, like, your life can be rich. <laughs> like, Beth's life is, she has people in her life. She has a community. She has a found family. And, I think you what, know, Andy McDowell has everything, or Rachel has everything, but no one. I think what did legitimately strike Rachel is probably that, you know, when you're riding the bus, it's straight up working class to poor people, right? Yeah. So when you're riding the bus all the time, you're around every type of person. Yeah. All races, colors, creeds, kinds, whatever. So I think it did strike Rachel that was like, oh, she's my sister who has the mentality of an eight-year-old is actually more intrinsically involved with other cultures and ethnicities than I am. Mm. She's probably only with Jewish people and waspy white people. Like that's all, that's the only people that Rachel probably has. I mean, that's her target audience in terms of these articles, right? She's married to her business. So she's with her assistant all the time. Who's going to be kissing her ass. She's, you know, people who want to put her in magazines. Like she's the boss. Yeah. But she doesn't have anybody that's close to her. In the movie, her boyfriend breaks up with her because she doesn't want to take care of her sister. Basically, it's like the it's like the last straw. Like she's been neglecting their relationship. You know, the plot of this movie is very, very simple. We've basically already said it. Father dies, Beth needs help, Rachel goes to help her. Neither one of them really want to be around each other sometimes. They grow to be friends. Beth has a boyfriend named Jesse. She knows all the bus drivers. She, she tries to set her sister up with Rick, the bus driver. Jesse does split that and hit that. I have a date with Jesse. We'll go out to dinner. We're going to come back here. We'll watch Animal Planet. Go have some snow cones. 
No, like I'm be fooling around. <laughs> One of the most regret. The- oh, this movie's full of flashbacks. Good. To talk about their childhood. Uh, but I was almost done with the entire plot. So she tries to set her sister up with Rick. And then ultimately, three months pass. Beth is on her own. Andy McDowell, Rachel, moves back to New York, gets back with the boyfriend, and has an art show. I love the flashbacks. That's it. The flashbacks deal with things that like are only issues momentarily. And this movie is full of like issues that only matter in one scene. There's one flashback where she eats dirt. We can't watch Rosie O'Donnell eat a little dirt for well, our entertainment. Listen, it's it's all it's all Rachel's memories. Yeah. Again, it's only it's only the memories that serve Rachel to remember. So she's looking at Beth eating garbage, like donuts and stuff, and she remembers Rachel eating dirt and mom her mom saying why did you let her do this? It's not funny. Because she was a kid laughing at her eating dirt. I mean, yeah. that is I mean funny. it is funny. It is funny. You're it a is kid. Obje- for us as viewers, it was objectively funny watching someone eat dirt. But, and then these flashbacks, you know, there's these all these moments of the mom being like a real advocate for Beth when they were very young. Like, we don't hide your sister away. She's never going in an institution. You have to help take care of her. You have to understand she's different. Yeah. Right? Like, don't. Don't just watch her eat dirt, maybe realize that that's probably not good for her and she doesn't realize it because you're laughing, so she thinks she's being funny. Uh, that kind of thing. Like, you gotta watch out for her. And that's one of, that's the scene where the mom goes, you have to take care of Beth. And she goes, forever? And the mom goes, yeah, forever. <laughs> she didn't though. No. I bet she's still not. I bet the idea of it is very tentative in terms of taking care. Right. I don't know. It it's it's uh, it's so messed up. The, mo- yeah. the mom's a good mom in flashbacks yes. until she may- gets some bad boy dick. Yeah. And it says he drinks a lot, but it's not clear beyond that. Like apparently they shut themselves up in the bedroom and fuck or something, and they can't fudge. We have failed miserably in keeping it clean. This <laughs> that was kind of a it's goal. Not who we are. <laughs> You're right. It's not. We're trying to be something like, we're not. What are you at your office job? No, we're not. We're I, on a podcast. It's like actually, I curse at my office. Oh job yeah, that's true. Sometimes too. <laughs> it depends on who I'm around. Also, Beth has a, a seizure in a flashback. Yeah. We don't really see anything involving why her condition. Does she have epilepsy? Yeah, that's the that only comes time. Back around. Ro- I would have loved to have watched Rosie O'Donnell act out a seizure. Oh, okay. We'll get into Rosie here more specifically in a little bit. Yeah. And Andy, um, Andy, the, the glass of milk McDowell. We'll, get, we'll talk yeah. about her too. Yeah. But also there's like a guy we see for one scene who's trying to get her a plush Tweety Bird. And we get that he's a creep who's trying to. Oh, yeah. He, he like he like pulls up next to Beth on the street and is like, here, I got you a present. And she takes it from him, but immediately throws it in the garbage and tells Rachel, like, don't look at him. He's always trying to give me stuff every day. But they don't expound on that. They don't explain it. Yeah, you can't get, like, Rick or Jesse to beat this guy up in a later scene. Well, but also, who is he and what is he trying to do? Why even include that if you're not going to explain it? But also, it does kind of give that just the mildest glimpse of like a predatory aspect to it's the radio thing where you flirt with intense drama but, but you don't, don't deal with but it you all. don't really dive that deep into one it. of the times they try to get intense is when uh that Andy McDowell remembers the time that they convinced Beth to get her tubes tied oh my god and there's this I love flashback this that it makes it makes you think they're trying to make them look young like like 
Beth's hair is a little shorter. <laughs> Andy's wearing a color. She only wears black in the in the present day. She's wearing like a color until the end when she finds herself that she wears like gray. Um, so she she's wearing like green and she has her hair pulled back. And their father's there. Now we haven't visually. We know the father died in the movie, but it's not like we've been lingering with a specific actor. We've right? seen an actor in flashbacks yeah. only. So. They could have hired an older actor to play their present-day father. But instead of that, they decided to put a terrible wig and mustache and old man makeup on the young man who played their father in the flashback. He, he looks like when they have an SNL cast member play a character's father. 1,000%. It looks like <laughs> such a It joke. looks so shitty. It looked so bad. And then they're trying to convince her. But it's not even... It can't have been that far in the past. Because they're literally like, well, how much did you do with Jesse? Who is her current boyfriend? I mean, maybe they've been together for 10 years, but still. I mean, this is directed by Angelica Houston. Ugh. Got some acting accolades. The daughter of John Houston. She should at least know what good acting looks like. She should. But we know certain people can act, but they cannot direct. Sometimes you just don't have that aspect of yourself. Depending on the director, Zack Snyder. They just come off like not the much flatter and their lines suck. Yeah. And like there's not really a lot of inspiration in terms of trying to set a tone. And I think Angelica Houston is trying to set this tone. Yeah. But it's so dripping with melodrama. And there's so, and like a lot of these movie types of movies, there's so much hubris that we're doing like a good and positive thing that I think it's blinding to the fact that. This is laughably corny and a little bit embarrassing, to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah, you know. Even again, for a Hallmark movie. It, yeah, it is a Hallmark movie. You know, again, you know, they they convince her to get her tubes tied because they are afraid she's going to have a baby. And it's weird because Beth has this thing where you might, like, they will say to her, do you think you want to have a baby? Or do you think you... If you don't put this cart up at the grocery store, someone's going to get hurt by it. And Beth's thing is, I don't care. I don't know them. I don't know that baby. I don't know that person. <laughs> like, kind of she a good answer. Honestly, it's like, it's like I'm only concerned about myself. She's a little too selfish. I mean, put your cart back. Put your cart back. This family yeah. sucks. This family does And the suck. other sister, the whole the whole family sucked. But Carlo, she was, she was Carlo. She wasn't like a bad person. No. This whole family sucks. And Beth is actually a special needs Karen who's completely annoying. Yes, yes. She goes in, they go to dinner at one point. She Rachel's gonna take Jesse and Beth to dinner, and they walk into the restaurant, and immediately Beth is Beth yells a lot. Okay, let's talk about Rosie O'Donnell. Watching you having to deal with this is funny. It was hard for me because it was grating. Here's the deal. Rosie O'Donnell in this movie says that she created this character based on the actual Beth on videos that she saw of Beth speaking so that she could replicate, like, her cadence and, you know, understand how she, like, moves and speaks. Apparently, according to the actual Rachel, Beth's it's very speak. close. The only thing is Beth talks really fast. I want, I really was looking online for a video they, I think, of Beth so I could compare it. And if Beth is talking very fast, then it's hard to imagine that this is 
an accurate portrayal of someone who's kind of speed talks a lot. Exactly. It, it that that seems weird. Also, this this voice, and and we don't know what the real Beth sounds like, but the voice that Rosie uses sounds like a, a screaming Muppet. First, she kind of sounded like Pee Wee Herman. Good morning. She did. She kind of does the. <laughs> Then it fell into like Which, that was a terrible. Then I'm it, not pretending. Then to know. it kind of fell into this tone that was like if uh, Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog had a kid, what that would sound like. Super Saints having a sale on soda. Twenty four cans of soda for six bucks. You gotta take me. It was hard for me watching this movie because she's yelling all the time, and then Andy McDowell's whispering all the time. Mm. And I don't know. It just that it. Well, apparently Rosie O'Donnell loved this book and she was struck by it. And Rachel Simon said that she had envisioned Rosie playing this character in a movie. Mm -hmm. But Rosie was really connected with this book. I think that's just kind of... I find Rosie O'Donnell to be very just objectively fascinating. Yeah. She's just been a, a character throughout her whole life in different iterations. When we were very small children, she was a stand-up comic who kind of dressed like a little boy, backwards yeah. hats, and like, like, well, played like this spunky tom girl. Yeah. Tomboy girl. And then she be, kind of became a movie star in the nineties. Well, was, and she had her, um, she had a talk, her talk show, her which talk is, show in the mid around the mid nineties. Yeah, like I used to watch it when I got home from yeah, school. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's not something that I don't think I'd watch now, but I used to watch that as yeah, well. Absolutely, and well, it, there wasn't it, a lot of choices back then. It seemed like she in that talk show. I mean, it's been so long. I'm no, I'm not going to go back, but it seemed no. it seemed like she had this a very fun tone about it. Yeah, it was fun, and at least had a rep. You know, Ellen, the Ellen show now be kind of became. The spiritual successor to that show. And now it's people like Kelly Clarkson, I think. Like, there's a direct line with these, like, fun, we're going to play games. Yeah. Maybe I'm not a good interviewer, but I'm going to make some jokes. But, I mean, Kelly Clarkson's not a comedian, but I think that... The Rosie O'Donnell show really did kind of... It started Start that. that. Yeah, because before that, it was all Oprah, Donahue, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Serious, like, yeah. bordering on exploit, exploitive Completely. kind of programming. And so from that, it branched in two directions. You got, like, Rosie O'Donnell, which became, like, which became, like, the more fun, like, family-friendly kind of stuff to watch. And then Jerry Springer. It was kind so of, it kind of went both ways. It was, like... It was kind of a blend of... Um, Oprah and like like the fun segments in those morning shows, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, put together. But yeah, she that kind of did pop off, and she was. I remember she would always talk about how much of a crush she had on like Donny Osmond and Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise and all that shit. But then she kind of yeah. then later she came out publicly and became more uh, her LGBTQ issues and identity became at the forefront. Yeah, and she almost became. And this movie certainly didn't help. Kind of uh, one of those folks that would show up on like, like shitty late night talk show throwaway jokes and the monologue jokes. Yeah. And she had a pre-president Trump when he was an apprentice guy. They would feud online. No, the Apprentice. Yeah. Yeah, and Rosie seemed to be. And I remember she she writes. She is into inspirational shit. She wrote some book about how she met some girl and adopted her, but like. Her and this kid had real issues later that came, that maybe was vetted out a little too publicly. Mm -hmm. Like, it's interesting to me. Like, I feel like Rosie is almost like a normal person who got famous. Yeah. And when I say that, people be like, Rosie O'Donnell, normal? And I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, because in the sense that 
she's in a way she's like your aunt, right? Maybe mm-hmm. your lesbian aunt, but she's also super into this saccharine bullshit, like maybe some of your relatives would. And her fame, if it becomes too heavy for any normal person, they would probably start to crack. And there was a moment in her history where it at least seemed like she would crack. Uh-huh. And now she kind of deserves to be teased for this movie. And it has happened over the years since yeah. this movie has come out. But I don't root against her. No. I would actually kind of, I would, I think it's about time for an O'Donnell sense where she maybe should show up in some more prestige movies. Yeah. Small roles at least where we can kind of, get used to seeing her again, but maybe she's just consigned to whatever life she wants. Maybe she's living the life she wants, or she just wants to do inspirational shit, I guess. I mean, but she, but not even she's not even really doing that, yeah, right? Like, she's just kind of living her own life. And, I, I mean, I hope that she's, like, set up well, that if she doesn't want to be doing anything, she doesn't have to. But I agree with you. I would love to see her show up sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, think it'd be nice to see her around in things. We've actually seen some movies where... I don't know these when when like Kathy Bates gets like a comedy role or something. Mm. It could just as easily be Rosie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think but, Kathy Bates has been in a couple of Hallmark movies as well. Oh, I'm so, sure. A little bit. Oh, I'm sure. And it's just kind of where a lot of the older actors are falling these yeah. days. You know, I believe that Rosie wanted to do a good job in this role. I believe it meant a lot to her. I believe that she really tried to portray Beth. But it just it just comes off as like a Saturday Night Live it, it, sketch. It is a little goofy of someone. It's just a little. It comes. It feels a little too goofy. Even the dramatic roles are just kind of. It's just hard not to giggle. And I uh, all these movies have a couple of scenes that are very legitimately. There sweet. are some moments. Yeah, there are a few moments when when Rachel and Beth like legit have a fight. And, and Rachel leaves, like, that is actually really well done, I think. And then when Rachel comes back and they kind of make up, there are a few scenes that are, are good and seem more heartfelt. But the problem, too, is that, you know, Rosie O'Donnell's trying to portray this character while acting with someone who is a cardboard cutout of an actress. <laughs> Andy McDowell, not known for her range. Now, Jesus. her, uh, she seems like a nice lady. But let's be honest. She's not. She's not the one you get that you need to when you need it to be brought. You know. No, her best role is in Magic Mike XXL when she just needs to be horny for Jay Mangiano. <laughs> she um, is that how you say his name, Mangiano? Sure. Um, <laughs> so Andy, when she plays someone who's just casually annoyed, she does a fine job. But when it has to be like heartfelt moments, it's like I love you, Rachel. I love you too. Oof, it's rough. And there's a a scene where Rosie's playing Beth, and they're carting her. And I felt like this was. I'm sorry, it was so funny. They're carting her back to get her tubes tied. It's a flashback. Oh yeah. And she's going, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to." But she's mentally challenged, so the word will say the world will say she has rights, but she doesn't. So she's they're carting her, and the way she just zonks out, it's going to be all done. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I don't know. It just was so funny to me. I didn't think it was that bad as you <laughs> did, but but yes, yeah. I just I just have a hard time in these movies caring about the the person who 
is the the white savior character. Yeah. And this one feels even more egregious because I feel like this We prefer a true story. This feels the right? most exploitive. It does. We prefer a true story, but in this case it feels really bad because it feels as though one sister is exploiting another sister for her own gain and also it's completely painted in a different light and we know that like we know that they added things like a dead father that wasn't real to make it yeah. more dramatic dramatic and as though she were sacrificing even more of herself yeah and it get just, us more dirt eating <sighs> get us that drama i would have loved to have seen rosie o'donnell go into like a plant pot and just shovel dirt into her face well she's a grown-up now she eats donuts instead of dirt that's true which the father apparently just let her eat the father is the one that in some form or fashion uh despite his wife at the time not liking her at all they established that um the father it it, it seems let her do whatever so now andy's coming along rachel and is like and so it leads to this thing where and you kind of get it because at this point she's so locked in. She's probably never going to change. Yeah. But it's like, oh, well, we have to accept that she's just going to eat trash and be annoying to everyone. Well, and, and that's a weird part of the trajectory, too, is is Rachel goes from wanting her not to do that to after the three months of living with her saying, this is just who she is. Yeah. So she's now taken on that role of... Just supporting Beth and whatever junk she's doing. They also multiple times say, I mean, she's an independent person. I mean, or she at, wants to be. Like at this point, it probably will not change. No, it probably will not change. And I, I do get that, but it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't still encourage uh, better choice. Like, can we have a muffin instead of a donut? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, there's yeah, there's yeah. other things that maybe still taste good that don't have as much sugar. But the, but, but the position she's in is already a product of that failure. Oh, absolutely. And that's all a product, I think, in this story. Like, I don't even know if their parents really split up. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if any of this is real. But in the movie, it, it's got to all have been based on guilt. You know, the mother basically writes them off. This whole story is based on guilt. And the father feels guilty for having left them in the first place. And then when and then they say that he takes... Rachel and their brother. There's also another sister that's cut out of this movie. She probably just didn't want to be involved. Um, and leaves Beth with the mother and the deadbeat boyfriend. So there's probably also, in this story, there's more guilt from that. So by the time he's in Beth's life, he just lets her do whatever. And she, what is the phrase she always uses over and over again? I'm a... Uh, I'm fussy. I'm fussy. Yeah. I'm fussy. And at one point, you know, Andy McDowell's like, oh, I forget you're fussy. When you said this is all about, it's really, it. you said the, you said the right word. This is a story of guilt. Yeah. This is, this is a story that is dealing with family guilt. It's got to be a hard scenario. Absolutely. No doubt. Absolutely. But you are dealing with some kind of inner guilt in telling this story where it's like, you know, you weren't there for your sister. Or the best you could be. This whole story is about an individual's guilt, but it can't, but there, it's also an attempt to like release yourself from that guilt by accepting her position, mm -hmm. but also coming out the other side of it, a better person, you, a grown person who understands 
bus people and your sister. I also found out that bus drivers are amazing people. They're filled with wisdom and life philosophy because they sit all day and think and interact with people. Uh, and I also found a way back to um, myself because I, through my workaholism, I was teaching and doing many other things, and I kind of got distant from myself, too. And my sister helped me get back in touch with myself. But is that even real, or is that also performative? That's the part that you just don't, I don't trust, is, is this whole thing, the movie, the book, the public speaking, is that all still, in actuality, guilt-led? Like, are, are you really there for her? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so, sure. right? I hope that you did, I, that this the person sister, actually did learn something. The but sister could genuinely prefer anyone else on that bus over her own sister. Has Beth <laughs> ever seen this movie? I wonder, I really wonder if part of the reason we can't find any any videos of Beth, I could I could imagine them wanting Maybe to protect she, her. She could be very shy about it. She could it. be very shy. They could be wanting to protect her. And I support both of those things, right? Like if they don't want to put a video of her because they don't want people to make comments, make fun of her. I get that 1000%. But I, I would really love to know what Beth thinks about this movie. And or would she be upset by it because they kill her father and they do all these things that are maybe not true because Beth is very honest and blunt if if the portrayal of her is true, she would tell you exactly what she thought about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I could just imagine this this character, at least, that we've met in this movie being like, Rachel, why'd you kill our dad? You know? <laughs> That'd be like, funny, yeah. I, well, you you would it's it wouldn't be Rachel, it'd be like the the movie writer and um the producers probably mm. chose to kill the father. Right, because that wouldn't have in been the in the book, book. The father was just alive. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good. Let's talk. We'll wrap this up. Uh, but I want to talk about Rick for a second. Okay, yeah, the bus Rick. Driver. Rick is one of the he's best. He's kind drivers. of a he's kind of a hunk. I saw a picture somewhere online of Rick. He's a handsome man. Is the actor playing Rick a little hotter? Yeah, but you know, um, Angelica or uh, Andy McDowell is hotter than Rachel Simon. So whatever. Sure. But. I was I was watching. But he the, did look like a, a regular handsome guy. I I was watching this corny little interview with uh, Rachel Simon on some show up northeast, and the host is like, "And your sister tried to fix you up with somebody, yes, and that actually opened up your love life." to get you to marry somebody else, yes, right? Yes, it's true. She fixed me up with a fabulous man, a bus driver named Rick, who's um, a great pool player and many other things. And it uh, opened my heart up to intimacy once again after I kind of shut down in my 30s. So you met this wonderful bus driver who taught you how to open your heart up to go back to your boyfriend who dumped you. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, and it's like this poor guy, Rick. Rachel, it's okay. I have no illusions. I'm no, a bus driver. No, it's not that. I, I'm not putting it down. I have a life in New York. I know. And Sam. See a bus. You see a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I see two buses. The most friend-zoned person in all of cinema. He in the movie, she's he's like, oh, it's because I'm a bus driver. She's like, no, it's not that. It is 100%. Yeah. If he's really wonderful and kind of a hottie, if he was a, a, a genuinely good, wonderful man, then like. Why not? 
I understand she doesn't want to be in a relationship with him. Sure. But throw him, throw him a handy. Why not? Maybe they did. I mean, I'm in not the talking movie, about. I'm not talking about online nice guys. I'm not talking about. No, y'all. no, 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 no. In the movie, they do kiss, but yeah, in the movie, he is such a nice guy that he is encouraging her to get back <laughs> with her ex boyfriend. Anyone who's that patient with my annoying sister, I'd at least give him a little dome. You know what I loved was you know? when they did yes when they did go out with each other he and and they don't speak about this too often either because most of the bus drivers like her there's like one guy who doesn't but he just seems like a jerk or just he's you know he's a rule follower or something who knows but Rick talks about how he used to be annoyed at Beth like he used to dread seeing her and then over time she kind of grew on him and he started looking forward to seeing her and he actually really does care about her. But that's like with anybody, just getting to know someone, you know? Yeah. There's a Eugene that's openly annoyed. Hey, Beth, you've been told this is for bus drivers only. Jerry and Mr. Pack have been letting me in. Yeah, well, the bosses aren't here today, are they? Okay, Eugene. Hey, you encourage some obnoxious behavior. Enough. It's for drivers. He doesn't like her going into the bus. Maybe. Uh, Maybe the most relatable. Maybe he's yeah. a little crap. We got the some bus. What's it called? It's like the lounge where the bus sure, drivers go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of uh, you kind of do connect with the more curmudgeonly bus riders, but then they say shit like, "You need to be stopped draining the system riding the bus around." Like I don't care about that. Well, those are the other bus riders. Yeah, but it's yeah. but it's you know you do understand why people are like a little bit like Beth is just playing her radio out loud in the. The bus, it's like, uh, like that's annoying as shit. That's mm-hmm. best life. That's all. That's what she's got. So, riding the bus with my sister. I feel like we could honestly go on, um, much longer if we wanted somehow and yeah. like picking this apart and talking about how it made us uncomfortable. I would like to give a shout out to the actor who played Jesse because I thought that he did a great great job. He also had he was her, played her boyfriend based on also a real boyfriend named Jesse and he uh, also has um intellectual disabilities, but I don't know. I just thought he he did a lovely job. That actor did a lovely job. Yeah, and so each movie, we've said this before this month that after We'll watch one challenge movie, trash it, go to the next one and be like, wow, that was even worse than the last one. This is no exception. Almost on par with the other sister, but I would say for my personal rating, which we will combine for a best out of 10, mm-hmm. one through five each, I'm going to say this is like a 0.25 under the other sister. Mm. Um, though it is... Funnier than the other sister in ways that are completely unintended. Yeah. There is something about this. I can't shake the feeling of this weird, guilt-ridden exploitation story here. Yeah. It feels there's something just off about it. Like you said, they would kind of touch on something that you actually wanted to know about, but then they wouldn't explore that at all. So I give it a .75. I'm going to match you. Riding the bus with my sister, directed by Angelica Houston, is our lowest scoring movie yet at a 1.5. Oof. Oof. Exploitive. I just get that feeling. It's pure assumption. I don't know the people involved. Yeah. I, you, 
if people know Rachel Simon and want to reach out and explain different, like, I understand. I understand I could be off base. But we approach all of these just from where we are. And from where we are, it seems a little weird. All of these movies have this layer of hubris to them that, that, like, everything kind of flirts with an exploitation anyway. It is kind of inherent. But this one feels like it's the most of that to me. And I don't think people involved were trying to do that. Yeah. But maybe unwittingly, subconsciously, that's where we went. It's how it comes off. So check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Uh, what do you think of the other riding the bus with my sister? <laughs> I'm getting these fucking sister movies mixed up. Uh, I know this movie has been dragged. It's kind of an infamous movie in, in how bad it is. Did it get Razzies? I bet it did. No, it's like a made-for-TV. I think that's oh, for right. theatrical releases. This was released on CBS in 2005. Okay. For uh, Hallmark Mystery and Theater or whatever. The sure, fuck. sure. But yeah, like, subscribe. Let us know what you think about this movie. What, where do you land on it? I can't imagine there's any like, oh, this is an amazing film. But hey, maybe you're out there. I don't know. If you know Rachel Simon and you want to defend her... Uh, vociferously that's the right word then do so go ahead i won't i won't argue with you in the comments but if you got something to say about it i'd love to i'd love to see what you got to say about it so we will kind of like look back and onto these challenge performance movies this special inspirational comfort food and kind of see where we're all at with it do we think these kind of movies should exist well we'll let you know i don't care it makes me laugh mostly Life to all lovers.